After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Hale Boggs, partner at Manat, Phelps, and Phillips LLP and founder of the firm's Palo Alto office. Hale has been held as member of the Best Lawyers in America since 2000. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Hale Boggs. Welcome to our show, Hale. Thank you very much. So how long have you been an attorney? Too long. No, just kidding. I've been an attorney since uh, 1986, 20 years now. Okay, and so how long were you working with Manat before you started the Palo Alto office? I came over to Manat from another firm in 1990 and uh, was in the headquarters office, which is Los Angeles, and spent uh, from 90 to about 97 there full time and then started thinking about opening our Palo Alto office, which ultimately happened in 1998. Where are you guys located out of your main headquarters? Main headquarters is L.A., West Los Angeles, and then we have the Palo Alto office, uh, Washington, D.C., New York City, Orange County, Sacramento, and Albany, New York. Okay. So when you opened the Palo Alto office, how many other offices were open at that time? Let's see. We had uh, D.C. and uh, our headquarters office, and I guess we had the Sacramento office. That's all. What so do you it guys, was one of the early ones. What do you guys specialize in? What, what kind of um, um, field? We're, we're a, a general practice firm, but I would say our focus is in certain industries, particularly the technology industry, which, which I involve myself in. We do a lot of work in financial services, entertainment, our L.A. base, and the healthcare industry. Okay. And what brings you to Hawaii? Well, several things. The weather's good, uh, <laughs> but uh, I try to get over here about three or four times a year. I'm a member of an organization here called High Beam which you're probably familiar with, and uh, I'm on their board of advisors, and so I try to get over and uh, meet with some of those folks. I'm having lunch tomorrow with their new executive director. And I also try to get over to um, you know, see some of the companies that we do a little bit of work with uh, over in the mainland. Are you able to share with us in, in your practice maybe some of the larger companies that you've been able to work with in the high-tech field that have had great success? Well, I do a lot of work with Silicon Valley Bank, which is probably the premier financial services company for startup companies over in California. Uh, I also do work in terms of companies. I do some work with Oracle, do a little bit of work with um, uh, Peridian Financial, lots of other ones. When you decided to open your Palo Alto office, what spread that idea? Why, why in Palo Alto? Well, I, lots of things. I'd gone to Stanford as an undergraduate, and so I always sort of uh, liked the area. This was sort of mid to late 90s when things were, you know, you could just get a sense that things were kind of getting ready to really take off there. And quite frankly, I'd been practicing law at that point for 10 or 11 years and was just kind of feeling a little bit uh, like I needed to do something different. So, um, I, you know, I talked to the management at my firm at that point and kind of came up with the idea of doing something up there, and uh, they said, go for it. Do a business plan and, you know, tell us what you think the office would do and who some of the clients might be, and if we like it, 
we'll let you get going. And so, um, so I did. And what was that experience like? You know, you're an attorney, and then now you're almost like opening your own business. Yeah. Well, it was um, it was quite different. It was kind of the best of both worlds, so because I had um, you know this large company behind me, so it wasn't like I was quite hanging out there like a lot of entrepreneurs are. But at the same time, you know, it was just me and one associate at that time. And uh, initially, we were you know working out of an apartment before we found space. So it was you know it was kind of exciting. What did you learn from the entrepreneurs that you've worked with that helped you with opening your guy's office in well, Palo Alto? Well, one of the um, you know, key things that made me feel good about it, I mentioned that I'd done a lot of work with Silicon Valley Bank, and I'd been spending a good bit of time up in the Silicon Valley working with them, but you know, still headquartered down in Los Angeles. And they'd been actually encouraging me to, uh, to be more local. You know, they said that, you know, we have all these other firms we could work with. We love working with you and your firm, but you're down in L.A. It would sure be great if you could have a local presence. And I said, well, if I were to do that, you know, I'd need you guys to tell me you'd be sending me clients and you'd continue to give me work. And, and they, uh, they said they did. And you know what? They, they delivered on that. So it was a great way to get started. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Hale Boggs, partner at Manat, Phelps, and Phillips LLP, and founder of the firm's Palo Alto office. So, Hale, how did you get involved with Startup Capital Ventures and then also with Highbeam here in Hawaii? Well, Startup Capital's, uh, one of their uh, partners is a fellow named John Dean, John was actually a CEO and a senior executive at Silicon Valley Bank. And so I got to know him back in the early 1990s when he first joined that bank and have known him ever since. We represent Startup Capital and help them organize that fund. And he has always been very um, encouraging of me and our firm to be involved in Hawaiian business. So for the last several years, uh, you know, kind of at his suggestion, I've been spending more time over here, as I said, and uh, have gotten to know some of the um, you know other folks that are involved in that community. What's your take on that? Because Hawaii only recently had you know a series of um, companies going public. You've been in the valley where companies go public all the time. What, what's your take on Hawaii businesses? And well, it's a complicated question, as I'm sure you realize. Uh, you know, this is one of those places where there seems to be, and there is, so much opportunity. You know, it's a very diverse population base. There's a lot of interest here from all over the world. Obviously, not just the mainland, but Asia and Japan and other places. There's a lot of money that uh, becomes available here, but at the same time, it's a remote location, and. I actually live with this quite often when I talk to people in Silicon Valley. 
you know, about the prospects for maybe making an investment in a Hawaiian business, you know, oftentimes the reaction is, well, it's so far away. You know, we have all these companies in the same zip code. You know, why should we do that and make that big investment? So there is that hurdle to overcome, but it can be overcome, and there have been some successful businesses that have happened here. I think the key is, once it happens, to try to get them to stay here as opposed to moving over to the mainland, which happens sometimes once they get a couple of rounds of funding. So with your experience on with companies in Silicon Valley and, and actually all over the United States and here, what would you recommend for local companies to do in order to you know, hit their largest levels of success? Well, I mean, there's, there's sort of a lot of different pieces of advice that, you know, I, I give, and this doesn't have anything specifically to do with Hawaiian businesses. When I work with entrepreneurs who are thinking about forming a company, or maybe they formed their company and they're thinking about trying to raise some capital, I mean, there there are a number of sort of lessons or, or you know things that I see on a repeat basis. I mean, one of the key ones is you can't give up. It's almost inevitable unless you're incredibly lucky that you are going to be turned down not once or twice, but a number of times by um, by folks that, you know, have the ability to fund your business. And that's okay. You know, I think almost any successful entrepreneur will tell you that he or she had a dozen, you know, turndowns. So I think one of the key messages is just, you know, be perseverant and don't get discouraged. You know, if your ideas are really good ones, sooner or later, someone's going to figure that out. Another one kind of, it seems obvious, but maybe isn't, is you you have to be a little bit flexible sometimes and be willing to hear opinions from others about maybe adapting your ideas a little bit to conform to maybe a little bit different business objective that'll make it, you know, a more attractive investment target. So that's, that's a key thing. Another thing is to be willing to, at the appropriate time, maybe step back and uh, realize you may be a terrific entrepreneur and maybe you've come with a great idea, but maybe you're not the best CEO in the world. And uh, there are people that are really expert at doing that on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, be willing to work with someone like that uh, at the right time. Another thing that I think people sometimes lose track of is, you know, you really want to pursue your dream and, and make your company great rather than make money. I think the making money part is really incidental to the first part. And if you get too caught up on your exit and your, you know, M&A thing or your IPO and don't you know, focus on just getting your idea out there and making it successful, odds are pretty good you're not going to get to that exit. So what you're saying is you want to focus on building it right and doing it something that you're passionate about as exactly. opposed to doing it purely because it's in the right industry and you want to make money. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, having sort of lived through that 1999-2000 uh, period in Silicon Valley, as I said, we opened in 98, so we, we saw quite a, you know, quite a ride there. Yeah, there there were a number of people in that era who really thought they had the formula. You know, it was all about round one, round two, round three, IPO. You know, I don't really have to worry about it. I can move from this company to the next one. And for a while, you know, there was some of that going on. But over time, that formula didn't succeed. And the companies now that do succeed are ones where the, the underlying business idea is really a good one. You have, a, as you said, very passionate uh, entrepreneur or a group of entrepreneurs who are more interested about the idea and, and making their company and their idea successful than they are about making themselves successful. And what difference have you seen with these business people that you've dealt with in regards to somebody that's really passionate about their business and you know creating their business to 
I guess, fulfill their passion, right, in life, as opposed to someone that's just doing business to do it, make that money, you know, and exit. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that is sort of a litmus test for that is if you value your equity more than cash. In other words, if you're more willing to take a lower salary and keep a bigger piece of your company in terms of the uh, equity ownership, that's a pretty good sign that you have confidence in your business as something that's going to grow in value over time rather than just wanting to sort of take money off the table today. And any uh, serious investor, certainly any professional venture capitalist, will, will certainly be on the lookout for that. And if they see a you know, business plan that proposes big um, upfront salaries, especially for more than, you know, a couple of people on the team, that, that's pretty much of a, you know, a red light that we, we may have some problems with these guys. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Hale Boggs, partner at Manat, Phelps, and Phillips LLP, and founder of the firm's Palo Alto office. Hale, what are you seeing as primary advantages for entrepreneurs in Hawaii? Because the landscape here and the people here are quite a bit different. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that in itself is an advantage. One of the things that's unique about Hawaii is the diversity of the population here. And that creates some pretty unique opportunities, particularly in the life sciences field for um you know, certain kinds of testing of various new uh, drug products and the like where you can get a, a, a you know, broad spectrum of different, um, you know, different ethnicities and races to test new drug products, et cetera, all in one place. That, that's certainly an advantage. And there are a number of uh, life sciences companies here through the University of Hawaii and, and uh, elsewhere, you know, that are involved in that kind of uh, activity. Aquaculture here is is it's one of the best places in the world for different types of uh, aquaculture, and the uh, facility over in the Big Island is is one of the best in the world. You have great optics here with the uh, the uh, telescopes up on uh, Mauna Kea. Again, sort of a unique thing to Hawaii that really those atmospheric conditions aren't present really anywhere else on the planet. Uh, you know, so there are some some pretty interesting, unique things about. Uh, the islands that, as, as I said earlier, make it an attractive and kind of interesting place to you know, come up with new businesses. How about the people, though? Are you seeing that the people's characteristics or traits here in Hawaii uh, add value? or are They are different, though. They are different. And uh, since, since I'm, <laughs> I'm not Hawaiian, I'm just, this is my impression as, as somebody who comes here three or four times a year, but very friendly people and very welcoming. And I think uh, one of the things that you know, good entrepreneurs have in common is that characteristic that they're outgoing people and they're, 
you know, willing and able to kind of, uh, you know, share their ideas and, and can articulate their ideas, are passionate about what they do. I think that's uh, a trait that I see here in Hawaii, just generally among the population. There's a lot of good energy here, and I think that people that I work with in Silicon Valley have good energy, and you see a lot of similarities. What about the business sense, though? Because I think a lot of Hawaii people, whether they're young and old, sometimes get intimidated by the mainland because, you know, if you expand there, it's a much bigger world than Hawaii. And so what do you think about the business sense that the Hawaii local people bring? Is there a comparison or do you find it that the thought process is very similar and that there's a lot of potential to just go ahead and also expand in the mainland? Well, I think that the biggest challenge that that Hawaiian business people face if, if they're trying to grow their companies, which is usually the goal, is to be successful while staying here and, and maintaining your sort of your focus and your, your headquarters here in Hawaii. What often happens is that you will be successful in achieving some growth, but once you get to a certain point, you know, it becomes more difficult either because you have a limited customer base here or because the talent pool isn't quite as rich as it might be, whether it's in the mainland or Asia or wherever. So what often does happen, and it's unfortunate, I think, is that companies will have three or four rounds of successful financing, grow their business from a startup to maybe $40, $50, 60000000 million revenue business, and then there'll be pressure on the company to either relocate or significantly relocate some of their uh, business you know, to the mainland where the financiers of the company believe that there's more opportunity for a further expansion and you know, ultimately if the companies can go public where they think there's better opportunity to, to do that. So, Hill, you're also involved in BizWorld Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and your involvement in that? Yeah, BizWorld's a terrific organization. It's a um, not-for-profit foundation that was uh, founded, I guess, about 10 years ago now by um, my good friend and client, Tim Draper. Tim is the uh, founding partner of a VC firm called Draper Fisher Jurvetson in uh, Menlo Park. And uh, Tim has four kids. They're a little bit older now, but back in the 1995 or 96 when he got the idea for BizWorld, one of his kids came home from school one day and asked him, Dad, what do you do all day? <laughs> so BizWorld was uh, kind of his, his answer of trying to explain the world of venture capital to a nine-year-old. And uh, what we do is um, we go into uh, classrooms, and now we're in every state in the United States and about 20 countries around the world, uh, with a sort of defined curriculum. It's a four-day program. That's our, our base program where we basically teach kids from ages, uh, it's, it's basically grades five through eight, about uh, entrepreneurship and sort of the fundamentals of business. They make a, a product. It's a friendship bracelet that I'm wearing here. And um, so it's four days. Basically, there's a, a design day, a, a production day, a marketing day, and then a sales day. And... Uh, it's teams of four, so the classroom's divided up into however many kids there are, but groups of four, and they appoint one of them as CEO, one of them as their salesperson, one of them as their CFO, and they make this product, and they account for it, and they sell it, and they, they really have a good time. And uh, by the end of those four days, I mean, it's pretty amazing what these kids have picked up. It really is. It's infectious, too, and uh, the teachers love it because it's a break for them. It's you know, in some states, we've actually gotten it as approved curriculum for public education 
and we're working on that in other states. And uh, it's terrific. And I think we've actually done some, some programs here in Hawaii as well. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Hale Boggs, partner at Manat, Phelps, and Phillips, LLP, and founder of the firm's Palo Alto office. Hale is a member of the board of directors for BizWorld Foundation, a not-for-profit 501c3 organization focused on teaching business fundamentals and entrepreneurship to school children throughout the United States and internationally. We just had um, Luke Tucker, president of Student in Free Enterprise from the Hawaii Pacific University, come and be interviewed. And he was sharing with us about the project BizKids that mm-hmm. they've done with some of the children in Hawaii. So is this the same project? Yeah, BizKids is part of BizWorld. To be honest, I don't know exactly what the Hawaii program is. The BizKids thing is new for us. And um, we're doing different things around the country and in certain other countries as well. So I'm not sure I... I I haven't heard what the specific program was. I'd be actually curious to know what it was. Well, well, he had explained that they are doing very similar things. They're making the friendship bracelets, and you know they're broken into teams. Mm-hmm. And um, it's for, it's very short time, unfortunately, that they get to spend in the classroom. But the kids are very enthusiastic. They've learned a lot in such a short amount of time, and they're very motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, in your time that you've been involved with BizWorld, I was curious to know if you've heard of any children that maybe have started a different type of business that had an entrepreneur spirit and you know went ahead and applied the skills. Well, I we actually had um, we had our annual fundraiser uh, last year in San Francisco, and we had several of the graduates, I guess you'd call them, some of our our stars come out. And since it's been you know ongoing now for eight or nine years, some of these kids are now through college. And yes, I mean, some of them actually, one of them had started a company in technology industry and had successfully raised some venture capital. Uh, several others are sort of in the last years of, of their university experience and doing things on campus in terms of, uh, you know, businesses that they're starting while they're actually at school still. So clearly, 
you know, the program has worked. I mean, these kids remembered it. They could directly point to some of the stuff they learned during the BizWorld program as things that, you know, helped them with their future fundraising efforts. It was really kind of neat to hear about it. What's some of the feedback that the kids have given you? Maybe something you learned by implementing this program in the schools that has helped you? I think since you're dealing with uh, 10 and 11-year-olds, it's sort of the old keep it simple, stupid. Uh, You know, just the basics of making a product and spending X on the production and getting paid Y and hoping that Y is more than X and that gives you your profit. I mean, that's such a basic premise, but uh, sometimes people lose track of that in the real business world. And these kids, it was just a very fundamental thing. We we have this much, and we use biz bucks. It's not real dollars, but we have this many biz bucks to spend on our production, and we need to make this many biz bucks back to make a profit, so we better make sure that there's more biz bucks coming in than going out. And uh, they get that. <laughs> so I think sort of that simple, you know, just keep it keep it very basic is, is a message that, um, you know, it, it, it survives no matter what age you are. So with a person who has such a busy schedule like yourself, would you recommend other business people out there to get involved with uh, this type of program? Absolutely. And, and I think uh, it's, it's one of these classic things where you, you, know, you do well and you, you do good. I have met through the BizWorld relationships probably a dozen or so people, whether they're other board members and we have a terrific board, or people we've met through these fundraisers or events that have turned out to be terrific clients for my law firm. Uh, people that I've done other deals with in in other settings, um, and and you know so so it's been a great networking thing for me and for our company. While at the same time, you know, really benefiting these kids and you know the, the school program and the the classrooms that we go into, it really has been a terrific um, organization. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.